0: Well, this morning, we reached the last stop on our tour of our magnificent national parks. We started on the East Coast in Acadia, celebrating a God of new beginnings. We were reminded that God is constantly revealed at Mount Rainier. We heard singing arches in Utah, renewed our trust in God at Yosemite, celebrated God's faithfulness at Yellowstone. We embraced God's protection at the southern border in Big Bend, and we were called by name at Glacier National Park and traveled God's narrow path at Denali. Today, perhaps fittingly on this balmy July weekend, we conclude our tour at perhaps the hottest of our national parks, and that is Saguaro National Park. Saguaro occupies more than 90 acres of surrounding Tucson, Arizona. The park was established in the 1940s in an effort to to preserve the iconic Saguaro cactus. You know that cactus. If I can find a slide of it, I will show it to you. It will come up here in a second. It's that classic cactus from the old Western movies. It's a symbol of the Southwest, and they only grow in the Sonora Desert. Well, earlier this week, Pastor Emily told me that the saguaro is a sermon in itself. And after I learned a little bit more about this amazing plant, I had to agree. You see, the saguaro is a metaphor both for our own personal faith and a model for our church. So as we prepare to hear God's word, let us pray. Nurturing God of unbounded grace and faithfulness, calm our minds and still our hearts that we may hear your word for us today. May it nourish and inspire us to be the persons and people that we were created to be. Amen. Well, the saguaro cactus is central to both the ecology and the culture of the Sonoran Desert. The indigenous Tejano Adom people consider the saguaro an honored relative, nurturing them both physically and spiritually. They tell a story of the first saguaro created when a young woman sank deep into the desert soil and then rose back up with arms stretched to the sky. Once a year, during the hot summer months, this majestic saguaro maiden dresses up in striking white flowers in her hair, bearing a crimson fruit called biadich, which is derived from the word to scatter. This fruit is delectable to birds and animals of the desert, and the people consider it sacred. It's harvested and boiled and strained into a syrup and the seeds are used to make cakes and porridge. Look at how small these seeds are. It's amazing that these giant cactuses can grow from these tiny black seeds. And you know, Jesus loved to tell parables about seeds. I'm sure you can think of a few yourself. In fact, he told his disciples if they just had faith the size of a mustard seed, or perhaps a saguaro seed, that they could move mountains. You also probably remember that Jesus described the kingdom of God like a mustard seed. He said that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, that someone took and sowed in the field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. The parable of the smallest seed is told in all three of our synoptic gospels, in Matthew, in Mark, and Luke, And it's also told in the non-canonical gospel of Thomas. So we know that this was an important teaching to those first followers of the risen Christ. Jesus' audiences were likely very familiar with this mustard shrub in Galilee because it was spread all over the land because it was so easily cultivated, much like a weed. Long before it was known as a condiment for our hot dogs and hamburgers, it had a variety of medicinal uses in the ancient Near East. For centuries, Greeks prized the easy-to-grow plant for its antiseptic properties and its ability to stimulate blood circulation. The scientist and mathematician Pythagoras noted that the plant's essential oils pulled out toxins from the body when applied to a wound. The physician, Hippocrates, applied mustard plasters to the chest to loosen phlegm and to ease breathing. And perhaps the kingdom is meant to cleanse and cure us, to open our lungs and enable us to breathe in God's Spirit fully. While wheat farmers consider this mustard seed, this shrub, an invasive weed in their fields, The Roman natural historian Pliny observed that when it is sown, it is scarcely possible to get get the place free from it as the seed, when it falls, germinates almost at once. You see, in this parable, Jesus is is describing the kingdom of God as a common weed, a pungent shrub that overtakes the whole field. The smallest of seeds can grow to become this tree that provides shelter for birds. And similarly, the saguaro cactus can grow up to more than 70 feet tall, providing shelter for many species of birds and mammals. Both of these examples not only illustrate that big things can come in small packages, but also that God's kingdom is meant to provide for and to nurture God's creation. The saguaro produces over 40 million, 40 million seeds in the course of its lifetime. But here's the thing, out of all of those millions of seeds, only one cactus may be produced in a single year. This is because the cactus grow very slowly, only a few inches a year, and moreover, in order to mature, these young cacti need shade. They need a nurse plant like a mesquite tree or ironwood shrub so that they can be nurtured in the shade of another plant. The psalmist describes God's love as this kind of Yahweh shade in Psalm 121. He says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night the Lord will keep you from all evil he will keep your life the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and evermore I have been blessed by this Yahweh shade and I hope that you have been too in the love and nurture of my parents in my church family in the care showed by my friends and the support and encouragement that I received when I went to seminary, and of course, from all the support and love from you all here at WHBC. I simply would not be here without that Yahweh shade. So I want you to take a moment right now and just think about who has been that Yahweh shade for you. And how do you provide that Yahweh shade for others. In the first years of its life, while it might not be growing up, the cactus is growing down. It's sending a long taproot deep into the desert soil. And this is supported by an extensive network of roots closer to the surface. This system allows the plant to collect and save vast amounts of water during the desert monsoon rains. In fact, a mature saguaro can collect over 1,500 gallons of water in just one rainstorm. What a wonderful metaphor for our own faith life. Our faith grows in the shade of the love and affirmation of others. We mature in that shade, sinking our roots deep down into the fertile soil of our faith tradition. And as we grow, our roots spread out in all directions in order to suck up that precious rain from above. The saguaro is also a model for our church storing up water from heaven, growing to produce rich fruits and bountiful seeds, maturing to provide shelter for dwellers of the desert. An apt description for our faith community, is it not? We store up blessings from heaven, growing, maturing, nurturing the fruits of the Spirit, sharing the support and supporting others with these fruits and providing space In shelter for ministry and mission for preschoolers and seniors, from Boy Scouts to bridge club, from Bible study to basketball. But here's the thing. Although the saguaro cactus tower over the desert floor like church steeples, they are also very fragile, susceptible to freeze and changes in precipitation. And scientists have continually monitored these plants since the park's creation. And this past year, I'm saddened to tell you that there was a record low number of new cacti growing, the fewest since they started the survey back in the 40s. There are now less than 70 young saguaro under the age of 15 out of a survey of over 10,000 cacti. You see, while the mature saguaro can withstand the persistent drought conditions that have lasted over these last two decades, the young saguaro depend on the increasingly infrequent rainy seasons, and as these rains have decreased, so have the saguaro. Here, too, we can see some similarity to the church. We've all seen the surveys and news stories about the diminishing number of those folks who self-identify as people of faith. And we have seen the resulting decline in all of our mainline Christian denominations throughout the United States. And this is why faith formation is so important for our children and youth at WHPC, to nurture their faith through relationship, by preparing the soil so that their roots grow deep, by creating community for them to explore and ask questions, by assuring them that they are loved and accepted just as they are, by always reminding them that they are beloved children of God, no matter what. Well, the good news this morning is that the Saguaro are adapting. The cactus are spreading up the mountainsides, seeking higher elevations with lower temperatures and higher precipitation. And the church, I think, is called to do the same, to seek higher ground. Psalm 121 begins, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He will keep you and will, and will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep." The church is always expanding and adapting, reaching out beyond our buildings and moving into new areas of ministry and mission, cultivating and turning the soil of our tradition. We are called to live into that motto of our reformed faith, ecclesia reformata, simple reformata, reformed and always reforming. In this way, we continue to nourish and sustain and grow God's kingdom. And friends, we do not do this work alone. We work in partnership with the creator of heaven and earth, assured that our God neither slumbers nor sleeps, that our God continues to nurture our small seeds of faith, protecting us with that Yahweh shade, nourishing us with rains from above, cultivating the rich fruits of the Spirit, and promising that these seeds will continue to flourish. May it be so in your lives, in the lives of your family, and in the life of this church.